0: and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Over the last three weeks, we've had an interesting uh, conversation about what is courageous Christianity. In a two-part series, we talked about courageous Christianity, uh, and in a third episode, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Stuart Couch, a retired Marine Corps Judge Advocate General, joined us, and we talked about his experiences at Guantanamo Bay, and the movie that's coming out about that, and... um, it just started last night. It was released in theaters last night, and Colonel Couch gives us some insight into what a courageous Christian looks like. And if you get a chance to see that movie, you will hear one amazing line where he tells his boss, well, I can't say. Yeah, I,
1: you don't want to give it away. I know. I the a, movie uh, is called The Mauritanian.
0: The movie is called The Mauritanian. And Go see
1: it. It's It's fantastic.
0: It is fantastic, uh, very hard to watch, um, but uh, God bless Colonel Couch for standing his ground uh, as a courageous Christian. Today, we are going to dive into a conversation about values because all of our behavior stems from values. And we're not talking about how expensive or cheap things are, but values as regards what we hold up as important with our actions, our priorities and our words and we're going to look carefully at god's values which we have identified from the bible to see how they form a roadmap for our lives as always i'm joined by and so grateful for christy stratton my fantastic wingman and a transformational coach who specializes in helping people to identify and live according to their values
1: always so glad to be here hello everyone
0: Thank you. I know we're going to have a meaningful conversation. And before we begin, I have to remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, you have said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, each of us a unique child of yours, our loving Father, intended for special service in your kingdom. As we seek you today in prayer, fellowship, and conversation, help us to understand your ways. Bless us, dear Lord, by bringing us closer to you, revealing in each of us your careful hand. Help us to know your values, your ways, and the purpose we can each play in your plans for this world when we live authentic lives according to our Maker's Code. We thank you in advance for hearing our prayers, and we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So, friends, we're talking about values, and I guess it's important that we define where we're starting from. Um, Christy, specifically, from a coaching perspective, values.
1: Yeah, values. I think um, if it's not something you talk about or read about, uh, like I tend to a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot. Uh, it's really made a big difference in my life and I've seen it make a lot of a big difference in other people's lives. And so understanding values. Yeah. I, well, even first kind of knowing what they are and then understanding them, then it's probably not something that you think about much. Um, and so values, what are they? Uh they ultimately are what drives our behavior. They're, they're at least one component that drives our behavior. They're they're rooted in beliefs. And um, oftentimes they come from our culture or the family of origin that we have. But they also shift over time.
0: That is very interesting. Shift, I would imagine, evolve as the world evolves around us or shift intentionally because we say yesterday I cared about this And today, I'm not going to. So yesterday, I cared about chicken wings. I was watching the Super Bowl. I wasn't really, because I'm not into that uh, buffoonery Right. right now. But yesterday, let's pretend we were into chicken wings. Today, we're into eating healthy, so... We're changing our focus, and our values are going to be on nutrition, and our behavior will change as a result. Am Interesting. I you t-
1: no, not at all. It's a good, a good example. You. I'm hungry. Uh, That's to- why I'm talking about. Chicken <laughs> right? wings. Well, football. It reminds me of football, and uh, you know, speaking of that, with the Super Bowl just recently passed, uh, long ago, I would like jump at the chance. Uh, matter of fact, being a, a communications major. In college, we would we would watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials and study and write papers they would be due the next morning. And I learned football. I loved football. I'm a bleed orange longhorn. so don't hate me. Um, <laughs> uh, but now I I. Specifically chose not to watch football because they don't stand with my values. My values, so they change over time. Yeah, as that's we, a very good point. As we grow, I, but I purposely did something else instead of making plans to go watch the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, somebody told me a good joke, which I'm sure I will mess up. But they said something like. Uh, they found four missing mail-in touchdowns, so it turns out that the Kansas City Chiefs actually won. <laughs> um, but let's not go down let's that road. Not go down so that road. we're talking about values; uh, they drive our behavior. You say we can choose them, and in preparation for the show, I was reading a very interesting study from a Stanford guy. I got the impression he was atheist or agnostic. And even given his uh, lack of faith, he said that three months old, three months old, as early as three month old babies Mm -hmm. demonstrate empathy. They did this uh, very interesting study where the baby's watching this puppet show and they have a puppet in a green shirt, do something very nice for the other puppet. And then they have a puppet in an orange or a yellow shirt do something not nice to the one puppet, like the bunny or whatever it was. And then later on, they offer the baby a puppet in a green shirt or a puppet in a yellow shirt. And 80% of the babies chose the puppet in the green shirt. Mm. And it was uh, this guy's contention that the baby identified with the kind behavior, the empathetic behavior. You know, uh, as you and I have taught, and mm-hmm. as we have talked to people about values, because so few people understand their values.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting. They it, so few.
0: It's very crazy. And Christy's been saying for a long time something that I'm just totally uh not totally, but just coming around to understanding now. She says, if you don't know your values, whose values are you living? So we can choose values, but as I look at my values and I see how they're prioritized and I see how they're different from other people's values. I wonder, is that one of the ways God imprints his desires for me? So, for example, if we all had the exact same values, then we would all want to serve on the exact same corner of the battlefield. Exactly. And so I'm not necessarily uh, the kind of guy who wants to go uh, serve in a soup kitchen as much as I want to talk to people about Jesus. Right and so maybe that comes from my values and my experiences and so forth but i think there is the foundation that our souls know for i am fearfully and wonderfully made wonderful are your works and my soul knows it too well god's values imprinted in us on us what are your thoughts there
1: well, i think as a christian i think it's an important thing to think about if if you even know about values but my experience in all the years i've been working with values and teaching values is when i ask a group what are your values maybe i don't know one to five percent of the group depending on the size raises their hand saying they know their values and then i say of oh, those people um do you have those values written down and so that brings me back to if you don't know your values whose values are you yeah. living on and so if you don't have that faith and that belief in christ then whose values are you living on
0: remember i told you the story about as my team was uh, first coming together in 2010 right. getting ready to go to afghanistan we met outside the gym and i said to them i got one word for you and that word is respect this team is going to be about respect and I told a long story about it in one of the previous shows, but basically, what I was saying to them is as your leader, this is the value that you're going to prioritize. And when the uh, uh, things are going wrong, all about you, just ask what's the respectful thing to do. So, as we were talking about yesterday, I believe that leadership and influence are brought to bear on people through personal example set the example and those are your virtues, the virtues that you, uh, walk out. Right. And second, the values you set as a leader. And then thirdly, the policy that creates the framework within which all of that will take place. And in that way, virtue values and setting policy, I, as a leader, Will obtain your enthusiastic compliance with my vision. What do you think about? It? Does that make sense?
1: I think it makes sense, but I think then, if values is um, from individual behavior, you'll very quickly see if somebody's out of alignment with you if they're not right. acting according to you because they may not hold in value, respect or loyalty to you or that sort of thing. So I think it also can highlight incongruence. Misalignment.
0: Oh, that's a great point, incongruence and misalignment. So uh, as we reach the end of this segment, we are talking about values, the things that we hold up as important, the things that we choose to put our resources against, our time, our money, and our energy. And my contention is that in Jesus, God provided us a view of virtue. So that in leading us and guiding us and uh, exercising influence over us, Jesus set the example. I think second, God makes clear in the Bible what his values are. He says, for example, love is important to him. And thirdly, through the Ten Commandments and various other rules, he creates policy So Jesus sets the example, God gives us his values, and we have his policies, and that is how he influences us. And when we come back, we're going to talk some more about it. Stay with us.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Christy Stratton. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mindelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of the show in our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support.
0: Friends, welcome back. I'm Richard Menelow, and you're listening to Courageous Christianity. And today, Christy and I are talking about values, the things that we hold up as important. And I heard something very interesting recently. Somebody said, your values determine your choices, and your choices inform the world about your values. And as Christians, could anything be more important than us knowing... uh, us showing rather the world that our, our, our values and Isaiah chapter 66 verses 3 and 4 uh, speak to something very interesting. Uh, those verses say this, they have chosen their own ways and they delight in their abominations. So when God says ways, which he says a lot in the Bible, what does he mean exactly? and my belief is that what he's saying is my way is my values and if you walk along this path then you will be centered in your values we talked last week remember about the dog who's walking with his master yeah. and every couple steps he just looks lovingly up at his master uh, asking am i close to you am i near to you am i doing the right Looking thing for the guidance right and god exercises that with his values so christy does this one exercise in her coaching and teaching and she did it with me and it was amazingly, uh, illustrative.
1: Whoa. Okay. That's a new word. That's nice. Yay.
0: So it's two pages, about (laughs) 175 words in three columns. And you go through these uh, columns and you pick out the words that are important to you and you circle them. And you end up with, let's say, 35 or 40 words out of this 130. And then you go through and you end up ranking those words in importance. What I did is I circled the words that I thought were important to God, and I used scripture to um, make my case, so to speak. So, for example, the first words, they're in alphabetical order, so the first word is accountability. Accountability. So I asked myself, does God care about accountability? And the answer is obviously yes. Yes. Uh, One of the first words of Jesus's ministry is repent for the kingdom of God comes near. And so to repent requires that you be accountable. And so I circled accountability and said, yes, God cares about this. And then there were a whole bunch of words that, that has to do uh, that had to do with earthly things, accuracy, achievement, adventurousness, altruism, ambition, assertiveness. And I went kept going cuz I didn't think God cared uh so much about those and then I got to boldness. And I said, "Okay, God cares about boldness because uh if you look at Joshua chapter 1 verses 7 through 9, he says, "Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, do not be frightened." many, many times in Matthew chapter 10, God says, uh, do not uh, worry. I think three times in one paragraph. So we know that the Bible the scripture is the word of God, and that's how we know about him and his plans and concerns for us. And so I did this exercise and I went through all of these words and I chose using scripture, uh, what I thought God was interested in. And I think Uh, what's so important about it is that tells us what God cares about. And like that dog on a leash looking up lovingly at its master, that's what we should care about. When the fifth commandment says, honor thy father and thy mother. And it's the only commandment that offers us a promise. Honor thy mother and thy father and all will go well with you. So when we say God's ways, I think honor your father and your mother, hold as important what they say as important and all will go well with you. Follow their ways. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's an interesting point that you bring about with the word ways, because uh, if we are looking for guidance, going back to the dog, um, would we not want to follow the ways of our master, which is our father, God? But the problem is, is if we don't know our values and we don't know God, then again, whose values are we following? Where's our guidance coming from? So I think that's the question we have to ask ourselves as Christians. Um, There can be all these 130 words and maybe you think it's important, but is it really important to God? And are you finding, my question would be is, are you finding some misalignment in your life? Do you keep producing the same thing over and wondering what's going on? Maybe it's time to check in and see how aligned you are with God's ways.
0: Yeah, exactly, cuz that misalignment will not produce the fruit that we want. And um I'm looking here in Isaiah uh chapter 55 verse 9 as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So, God's ways, it makes sense that in the world, responding to our flesh, we're hungry, we're thirsty, Uh, we're envious We're we're competing and those are the ways of the earth and those are the ways of man and animals and at the same time we're spiritual beings and we have to seek a higher self and so we look to the heavens and God says my ways are higher than your ways as the heavens are above the earth and so his ways guide us into the good fruits Right, And that way, it's not this act that we're putting on on the street where we're out there and we're trying to act all patient and kind. It actually fro- flows from within us. A tree doesn't have to focus on producing fruit. It just produces it.
1: Yeah, it was funny. I was listening to a pastor this last Sunday and uh, he was talking about the fruits of the spirit and he was like, an apple tree doesn't sit there and go, oh, I'm going to make an apple. I'm going to make an apple.
0: <laughs> yes. And I'll it tell you
1: naturally bears fruit and we would naturally bear fruit, but sometimes we don't have the good, the good fruit inside.
0: Absolutely. And let me take a slight detour. The pastor Christie is referring to is pastor Randy Weaver of Lone Star Cowboy Church in Montgomery. It's so awesome. <laughs> and he is amazing. And his love of Jesus and his heart for Uh, His flock is incredible, and they have a very easily interactive website. So if you just Googled Lone Star Cowboy Church, Montgomery, you will be able to, Montgomery, Texas, you would be able to see sermons live, and there's a chat down the side, and God bless Pastor Randy. And here's a thought for you along these lines where you align yourself with God's values and turn your back on the world's values. Say you got this really amazing job and you wanted to do everything as well as you could. And you would probably want to know precisely what your new employer expected of you. And they would outline specific tasks that they wanted you to accomplish. But more importantly, they would probably tell you what was important to them. As a leader sets the framework within which people uh, work, they have to say, this is what's important to me. So that people are not only doing the right things, but they have the right heart about doing the right things. And one of the ways we accomplish that in the Marine Corps is a commanding officer, when he takes command of a unit, posts on the wall for all to see a one-page document called a command philosophy. And this is him telling his unit, this is how we're going to roll, this is what's important to me. And then it's beneath that umbrella that people actually do their jobs and do the tasks. But... As a commander says, what's important, they would have these personal concerns, professional concerns and organizational concerns. And the word concern is a placement for values, right? They would be saying to their unit, these are my values. And so God does the same thing. And if we can understand precisely where he's coming from, we would have a very clear picture of his expectations for our efforts and for the heart behind our efforts in the same way that commanding officer accomplishes that. So Jesus pointed out that these two things can be very different, the things that we do and the heart behind the things we do. So Jesus said, uh, not only don't um, say a bad word about somebody, don't think a bad word about them. And if you think about committing murder, you've already committed murder. All that's missing is the act. So it is really about the heart of things. And if you look at the Pharisees and uh, the way the temple got lost uh, in self-righteousness, they didn't look at the heart behind the Mosaic laws. They got a little lost in their deep concern for the Torah. They, in some instances, missed the heart behind the Torah. And so as we seek the heart behind God's ways, It's in his values. Right. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, um, finally, in the end, we have hope and love and faith. And the greatest of these is Love. love. So that says these three things are important to me and love is the most important. So love is not what we see on TV. It's not Hollywood. It's not romance. It's caring so much for somebody that... You want the best for them, whether it's amorous love or brotherly love or uh, Christian love. And so God tells us his values and um, he communicates those to us in the Ten Commandments. So, for example, when he says, honor thy father and thy mother. Uh, And he also tells us in many places what he hates. And keep in mind, if God hates something, then yeah it's communicating a value right so here's an interesting one proverbs chapter 6 verses 16 through 19 there are six things the lord hates seven that are detestable to him haughty eyes a lying tongue hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked schemes feet that are quick to rush into evil a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So what's interesting there is those are some of the things that God hates and despises. And if you look around in society today, we have our own list. Yeah. And it's about fashion. It's about the world and conformity with the world. Yeah. And we've come up with all these worldly ways to Fame. be divided. And yet God detests, despises, absolutely abhors a person who stirs up conflict in the community. So as we look at all the things we like and dislike from a worldly perspective, we would then have to come back to God's value of unity and then say, you know what, the fact that that person is wearing white pants after fall is... (laughs) Is the,
1: okay, you know. what show is this?
0: <laughs> Folks, we're talking about values, how important they are, how they drive our behavior, what God's values are. And in the next segment, we're going to dig a little further into this so as to make clear this important subject. You're either following after God or the world. Stay John with us.
1: streetlights as we headed up to the chapel to pay our last respects someday here's this week so what are we reading we believe that a part of what helps us in our walk as courageous christians is reading and so we're taking a moment during each show to share what we are reading and how it's helping us in the hope that it will help you first and foremost we are always reading the bible and we truly encourage you to always start there And next, we hope you'll be reading with us Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. And yes, it's by the host of Courageous Christianity, Richard Mindelo. And now you can get your complimentary copy. Thank you to KKHT for featuring Richard's book on KKHT.com with a book giveaway. Want to read along with us? Get your complimentary book by going to KKHT.com. Look for and click the 40 Days to Courageous Christianity image on the homepage. Enter some easy info and KKHT will take care of the rest. The book is a 40-day devotional for those who seek to become Christian warriors. It's about heart, faith, courage, and truth. Richard brings his experience as a colonel in the Marines and as a Jew who believes in Christ to the readings. You'll hear Richard's courageous love of Jesus in every word. At the end of the 40 days, with God's help, you will have experienced a transformation. You will have learned how to speak about your faith more, how to pray more, and how with God's help to stand your ground more firmly all while leading people to a decision about their eternal souls you will be a christian warrior and a guardian of the faith so make sure to get your complimentary copy by going to KKHT.com. look for and click the 40 days to courageous christianity image on the home page enter your info and KKHT will get you your copy we want to hear your thoughts about the devotional so please let us know at our facebook or instagram pages by searching courageous christianity and to learn more about our ministry efforts Go to today, And as always, if you want to reach us, you can email us at Christianity at gmail.com. Our beloved A.W. Tozer says, The things you read will fashion you, slowly conditioning your mind. We pray that in this next week you will be reading the things that will condition your mind as a Courageous Christian Warrior. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear.
0: Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking about values. And we've explained what values are, that they're the things that we hold up as important. And we've talked about God's values and Christy is explaining to us that when she teaches, very few people actually understand their values. Few have them written down. And I kind of get that because although I accepted Jesus in 2003, I was not living out Jesus's values. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, in you saying that, I th- I kind of hearken back to m- my youth too. I certainly, certainly wasn't either. I think it's when uh through the work I do through the training I do that my eyes were open to it also through you know hopefully a little maturity growing um drawing closer to god realizing okay something's amiss here and and so I think we just go about living our daily lives with not much thought to it until Maybe something significant happens in our life—a life change. We keep. Maybe we finally wake up to um, seeing a lot of destruction in our lives, or we happen to be in a class where somebody talks about it, and you're like, "Whoa, where where did this come from?"
0: Right. Um, so, 2003, I accept Jesus. Uh, actually, it was January 10th, 2004, when I actually said it, and I was in the Cracker Barrel in Gary, Indiana, with my sister. Mm. And uh, God had put a calling on me in late 2003, and I was reading the Old Testament and the New Testament, and I just could not escape the perfection of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so if you asked me in 2005, let's say two years later, what's important to you, I would have probably said God, my family, and my job. And yet if you looked at where I was spending my time... right. Uh, where I was spending my money, where I was spending my energy. The truth of the matter is uh, I'd had a massive pay cut after 2001 when the airline struggled with all the bankruptcies. I was working two and sometimes three jobs to mm-hmm. pay the bills. And so if you looked at me, you would have said, "Ah, oh, work is very important to you.
1: Right. I've heard said before by many different people, one being uh, Pastor Rickborn, which if the listeners know, Never they, know <laughs> they know I love him. Uh, but you can tell what's important to you by looking at your, uh, your schedule, your calendar. You can also look at what's important to you by looking at your bank accounts.
0: And that is a brilliant point. And we're saying you can look at what's important to God by reading the Bible yeah. and you will see So, uh, interesting conversation in John chapter 14, verses 5 and 6. Tell me what you think about this. Um, Lord, said Thomas, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Mm -hmm. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So doing things as Jesus would have us do them points the way right to the permanent uh heavenly life god's kingdom on earth right walk those steps yeah it's like this path in the dark woods and the world is constantly trying to get you off the path and say you need to work more so you can get the big screen tv for the super bowl and you're like no you know what i'm i'm not doing that because if i spend that money i've got to work more I'll never forget this time when uh, my son came to me and I was building cabinets and I was finishing cabinets and I was standing outside a a spray booth taking a breather and I'm wearing a spray suit and a respirator. And this tiny little man comes up to me and he says, daddy, will you play with me? Mm. And I said, buddy, I can't. I have to finish this job to install it tomorrow. How rotten is that?
1: Well, I don't know that it's rotten. It is a byproduct of the world and the pressure that you probably, I mean if you had a deadline. Um it, but it, you know, it's not just like you can snap your fingers it's and it'd be done. It's but the I think the good news is is and I may not say this right, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What a lot of people don't realize is that we can y- y- you get what you think about most. And so if the thinking precedes the acting, uh, which you've heard me probably if you've listened for a while. Also, you've heard me talk about the think, feel, act cycle. Then you ch- can change your thinking and now change our thinking to God's
0: ways. God's thinking. His and ways, And it yeah. can
1: change it. And so the next time you have the opportunity to speak to that child when he says, can you play? then you'll know you will have built the foundation along the way for you to be able to say, yes, you wouldn't be in that place of deadline pressure have to.
0: Yeah. um, (laughs) As you were speaking, I thought about another story about um, us forcing our ways on others.
1: Oh yeah. And
0: Mm. if your ways are misaligned, now you're causing others, perhaps the people for whom you're responsible to live in those twisted ways. So it's Christmas, like, I don't know, 2003, 2004, and money is a daily struggle and it's coming to be Christmas. And I wanted to get my son this electric Harley Davidson Mm. from Toys R Us. And um, I was told, no, it's too expensive. We can't afford that. And it was $217. Mm. And I thought he's two years old. That would be the greatest Christmas gift ever. So I go ahead and I buy it anyway, even though I'm always complaining about money, I go and do this thing that's just going to lead to more pain, but I'm apparently the only person who can't see this. And I charge it the night before and it takes like two rolls of wrapping paper to wrap it. (laughs) And he comes downstairs Christmas morning and he sees this thing and I help him tear the wrapping paper off and I don't know who's more excited, him or me. (laughs) And we get this electric Harley Davidson motorcycle out of the box. He gets on it. And he drives right under the dining room table and he pinches his hand between the table and the oh, no. hand grip and he's screaming and crying and never, ever wants to get back on that motorcycle, oh, no. but he spends the rest of the day playing in the box.
1: And <laughs> so true. So there we Classic are in front story. of the Christmas
0: tree yeah. and he and I are playing in the box. box. Yeah. And. I'll say something terrible. I'm sorry, Toys R Us, but we returned the Harley Davidson motorcycle and kept the box. And <laughs> I probably should make amends for that. My point is who wanted it more, right. him or me? And so if, if he was grown up now and he would say, do I do my father's ways? Do I do the world's ways? Right. Whose values do I live out here? Because truthfully, if he lived out my values, if he chose the wrong point in his life, that would be a mistake. And uh, we were talking this morning about when Joshua uh, chapter 24, I think, verses uh, 15, uh, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the uh, gods uh, of the Amorites in whose land you are living or the gods your father served across the river. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so what that speaks to with me is a very intentional choosing.
1: Yeah. And you know, when you were saying that, my heart was hurting a little bit for um, where we are in the world today with families and not um, choosing the Lord in our house, Um, choosing the TV, choosing the media, choosing the iPhone, choosing the secular. And so kids... My heart hurts a little bit for kids for not knowing the way to go. And, and, um, I guess if there's a kid, younger person out there listening is, you know, maybe your family life is, um, you you don't have that leadership in there, but you can find that leadership in the Bible. And
0: yeah, wouldn't that be amazing if you as a child led your parents to that faith because there's many
1: stories like that.
0: Yeah. I think we sometimes dabble in the world's ways and we think we can keep it all separate. Well,
1: I know in my, my world, um, as I've grown up, I've, my parents passed about 10 years ago and then I would visit, um, uh, my great aunts and things like that. And I remember one in particular, my uncle, great uncle would be like, when did you become such a Christian type of question? And I'm, like I it really wasn't a huge thing my, my family was Christian but we didn't go to church every Sunday it wasn't like that's not how I grew up just thank you God he called me in 2001 and I turned my life over and I've just been drawing uh, nearer and nearer Closer. to him uh, along the way to the point that most of my work I do today I mean all of everything I do is to for his glory but um, it's we can individually, and that's the thing I want to bring about is these are individual. We talked about at the beginning of the show, It it is individual values and we can in fact choose them. And if we want to, uh, and if we're undecided as to who to follow, wh- whose values to follow, then it's in the Bible and it's God's values.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes we dabble with the world. We get off that path. We walk around in the dark woods. We think we can deal with it. We think we cannot be changed by it. But Aristotle said, you are what you do repeatedly. Yeah. And so uh, not only is it what you do, like if you're on your phone all the time, then you're making it very hard for yourself to focus on God because... Your eyes are in the front of your head because you go where you're looking. And if you're looking at your phone, then that's where you're going. You're going toward the world. If your eyes are focused on God, like that dog on a leash looking up at its master, because Jesus said you can't serve two masters. So in deciding to serve that master, that commanding officer, that employer, what you're really deciding is to prioritize their values. And so we make it much easier on ourselves when we understand if jesus says he is the way then do what he said was important mm-hmm. and i think what's uh, amazing about that is I, I i believe all scripture is true it says all scripture is god-breathed and is suitable for uh, training rebuking chastising and correcting in righteousness so that the servant of god will be thoroughly equipped for every good work and so in my mind all scripture is absolutely true because if the bible is not all true then none of it's true Because if you're a father and you hand your kid this big book and you say, hey, some stuff in here is true, you may as well not have handed him the book because it's useless. So Jesus said he was the son of God. So he was either the son of God and everything he said is true or he was a crackpot. Well, he wasn't a crackpot. (laughs) And so what we know is in our bones, we know that. God's values are the values we should pursue, and it's just difficult, and sometimes we get distracted. And we're going to talk in the next segment about how we can make it easier on ourselves and those around us. Come back and join us. Friends, it's Richard, host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur or it's just on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, call 281-656-1833 or email us at courageouschristianity@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Contact us to apply, as there are some requirements. Please call 281-656-1833 or email us at courageouschristianity@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, you're back with Courageous Christianity, and my trusty wingman, Christy Stratton, and I are talking about the simplicity of living according to God's values, but how hard that can be at time because of the way the world pulls on us. Yeah. And we're saying that if we change our focus to God's values, Mm -hmm. then that will produce a change in us a godly change. And what he says is important, will be more important to us. And we'll walk that out and be changed. Explain uh, that from a coaching perspective.
1: Yeah. Well, um, my mind goes to the dog story, which isn't necessarily coaching, but in a way, uh, so you've talked about the dog looking at the master and falling and that's, you know, I'm going to assume that's a pretty trained dog, right? Cause some dogs are, I've seen them. They're or a very pulling... loving dog very loving dog right but some dogs they're pulling their master around right
0: yes good and point. so
1: they take the dog to training and we can do the same thing we can i mean so take ourselves to training a little bit and one of the things that
0: i'm housebroken um, yeah,
1: exactly there you go
0: okay so not that uh,
1: uh, we uh i mean there's just so much in the bible we can find and i don't know if it's through bible studies that i discovered this and whatnot but one uh Proverbs 31 uh, is great not only for women, but it talks about a virtuous and capable woman. And what I did in my Bibles, I went through and I I listed all the descriptions because it's one thing after another in the verses of Proverbs 31. Um, And so I wrote those, you know, some of those words down. um, This person is trusted. They uh, are busy serving. So I would think that The value is service, right? Um, uh, She is energetic, strong. um, Her dealings are profitable. Hard worker comes up a lot in in the Bible as far as I believe God's God's values. Helpful, um, open, fearless, uh, warm, um, uh, strong, dignified. uh, Again, fearless because laughing without fear. Uh, She's wise, kind, blessed, praised. Things like that, and and so what I did, knowing that I can renewing of the mind, and I can choose my thoughts, and after a while, those thoughts change my actions. Then that coupled with Daniel, so whatever story it is you like, Daniel, some of the things I pulled out of Daniel's story: faithful, responsible, trustworthy, hardworking, again integrity, dependable, honest, doing good work, and so we can uh, choose. These virtues that we found in stories that maybe we identify one of with one of the the persons in the Bible, one of the characters in the Bible, and then focus on that. And the more that we focus on it, it actually naturally begins to shape us. Again, I go back to renewing of the mind.
0: Yeah. And you are what you do repeatedly. Right. So if I got a choice between sitting at home on the sofa or being industrious and working hard then the Bible says I should work hard and be industrious and do everything as if unto the Lord. So get off the sofa and go to work. And what I heard in there, another thing that I heard is the world seems to pervert 180 degrees all of God's values. So Mm. God says serve and focus on others. The world says focus on yourself. And by the way, the fastest growing segment of the bookstore is the self-help section. Here's another one a man comes on hard luck, um, has a job turnaround, and ends up out of work. And the world says, oh, we should give him money uh, to stay home and place no requirements on him. And yet the Bible says we should be industrious. So is there ever a chance that giving a man money to do nothing will work out well? And then what we actually see is in operation, as that failed policy works its way through the system, it actually produces all of these ills. And so that man should be given the opportunity to find work and to find value in his community and to contribute and thereby uh, restore himself and his family, as opposed to having his opportunity stolen because of these failed uh, practices which have more to do with politics than that man. Right. And so it's amazing to me because do what God says and hold valuable his valuables, his valuables, his values, his
1: values. Well, they are valuable. I think you said something at the beginning of the segment that is very important. It's the the simplicity in it, yet it's not easy. And so what I would just encourage people to do is um, this doesn't happen overnight but you can you can begin to change overnight if that makes sense you can you can make the decision from where you're spending your time where you're spending your money uh who you're spending your time with um and and look to the bible for that and so it 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 could take some time but start now would be the thing i would tell people
0: yeah that decision is the beginning right and by the way write it down i am so big on journaling And if you find a a notepad, and if you get in your Bible, and if you just start writing what comes to your heart, God will tell you what he wants specifically for you, and he'll do it by pointing you to different scriptures and by causing you to have these thoughts that you kind of know are not yours. Um, And if you want a place to start, I'm going to suggest Psalm 37. Mm, Uh, In preparing for the show, I was in Honolulu. On a layover, and I started with my Bible, and it was like three thirty in the morning because I was on Houston time. And I started in th- Psalm 37. God just took me there. I don't even remember how I got there. It's
1: amazing there. when He does that. You just go on these journeys in the yeah. Bible. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe my
0: devotional took me there. But anyway, Psalm 37, if you read that, there is so much in there that is relevant to this conversation. For example, Psalm 37, verse 5 says, Commit your way to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Trust in him. So trust in the fact that you can make God's values your values. Just walk that out on a daily basis. If he says hard work is important, then work hard. He invented family in the second chapter of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 2, right after he made man and woman. That means family is important. So what that means is carve out time for family. Um, And here's another verse that I thought was awesome uh, 34 Psalm 37 says, hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. So I know a lot of us are having all kinds of concerns about the direction of this nation and the direction of politics and the direction of economics and COVID and very real concerns. And I absolutely understand that. And we sometimes think, well, I don't have time for that. I need to focus on this. But the opposite is actually true. Right. Where if you focus on God's values, family, hard work, uh, industriousness, faithfulness, honesty, and, uh, cheerfulness, clear mindedness, commitment, trust in the Lord, community, uh, the church, compassion, blessed are those who mourn. And all of these other places, love, love, of course, then you will get to the place where he wants you. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, uh, that is the truth. Psalm 37 is the truth. And I hope you'll spend some time there. And if you have the chance to write down some notes, it will be time well spent. And that is the truth. And as you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And although we've been doing it all through, we do this specifically to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And when somebody asks me a question, the first thing I like to say is, what does Scripture say? So, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says this, For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. Friends, faith in God and His values, knowing that doing things His way will lead us into all power, knowing that He will not let us be put to shame, and knowing that His ways are higher than our ways, let me ask you, do you want to do it your way, or do you want to do it His way? His way is paved with his values. His values are the firm ground on which we walk each day. If God says it is important to honor him, we must make that value important in our lives. We can't say, yeah, I understand that, but this political situation is different, or COVID is ridiculous, or that would be great, but I don't have a job and I don't have time, and a lot of these other things, and it's simple and hard. So God's primary value is love, and he loves us. And we can have faith in the power of his love. And he has said, Love the Lord with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. He has said that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He has said, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Is that not a roadmap? He has also said, don't judge, forgive quickly, do unto others as you would have done to you. He has said, have faith. So can we not have faith that if we do the things he wants and don't do the things that he doesn't want, then our way will be paved. Hebrews eleven one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Our values will determine our choices, and our choices will inform the world of our values. That is also the evidence of things not seen, and the people will come to know the power of our faith when they see that in us. And that brings us to our quote of the day, Psalm 3210, the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in Him. Our job is to trust Him, His love, His ways, and His values, and that is Courageous Christianity. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word, at KKHT.com or on CourageousChristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semper Fi.